Hey there, and welcome to episode 24 of We Can Do This. For me, this is my first week of 2022, so I hope you had a good holiday and a good start to your year. I know in the beginning of the year, we talk a lot about goal setting, right? And starting new things. And for many people, you might be thinking of starting something new today, whether that be a YouTube channel, a podcast, a new rhythm in your business and life. And today we're actually going to talk to Danny Osmond. Danny is a business strategist and podcast consultant, and he's the owner of Emerald City Productions. And he talks a lot about podcasting. And if you know anything about podcasting, it's a bit of work to get started. And many of you might be looking to start podcasts. Uh, Personally, I'm a verbal processor and podcasting has helped me get my thoughts out. You know, I get really overwhelmed at looking at a blank screen, a blank page. And podcasting has helped me get my thoughts out. It's helped me connect with new people. I'm naturally a pretty social person. So I like being around people, having conversations, and especially during times like 2020, 2021, 22 with, with the pandemic. Podcasting has really created an environment where I can have conversations with people that are beneficial, not just to my own mental health, but also to my my business and life. So today we're going to talk with Danny. He hosts a podcast called Podcast Strategies for Growing Your Business, Community, and Influence. He has spoken at industry-leading events, including Podcast Movement and Mediavine. And he's been a sought-after speaker, online educator, and consultant for major corporations and thought leaders like Salesforce, LinkedIn, the John Maxwell team, Mike Kim, and the Julius Group. And Danny's just an overall great person. I've been fortunate to know him over these past three or four years. And today we're going to talk about what it looks like to start and grow a podcast. So I'm really excited to have Danny on the show. Let's go ahead and jump right into the episode. Right. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm here with Danny Osmond. Danny is a business strategist and podcast consultant for busy professionals and solo entrepreneurs who want to create podcasts that build brand loyalty and make their marketing efforts more effective. His goal is to help you clarify your message and publish engaging content that creates customers who trust you before they buy and can't wait to tell the world about you. So, hey, Danny, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Sean, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited you're here. For everyone listening, Danny and I have known each other probably for three or four years now. I think we met in person for the first time about three years ago. I think we were speaking at an event in Nashville. Yeah. And when I think about podcasting and want to learn and understand more about podcasting, grow my own podcast, uh, Danny is the person I think about and turn to. So I'm really excited to have you on the, on the show. Podcasting has been around for a long time, but it's still a huge thing right now. It's only growing. Yeah, it's always growing. Yeah. If you want to share with us, how did you start podcasting? How did you get kind of into this field? Well, I got into this field really as a business decision <laughs> up front. I started out as a musician. That was the career that I chose. I went to school to study music. I got a master's degree in conducting in classical music, that type of thing. I went to work for nonprofit arts organizations in Washington, DC. 
And that was the path that I had chosen. And then my wife and I, when our first child was born, she suffered a brain injury at birth and there were some medical issues, which meant that we really had to scramble to be flexible and have time to take her to all the appointments that she needed to go to now. And really what that meant was that one of us had to be at home. And I happened to be the more junior of us in terms of our careers. And she had better benefits and was way more established than I was. I was also on uh, the career path of a conductor is a very long path before you see success. You have to be much older. You work a lot of jobs. So it made more sense for me to figure out, hey, how could I work from home? What could I do? And I had always dabbled as a musician. I know you're a musician too. You've worked with musicians. I dabbled in recording and I knew how to record. I'd worked in some recording studios. I'd recorded albums with my own groups and things like that. And in college, I had been in acapella groups, pop acapella groups, I think is what you'd call them now. The pentatonics of the world, the pitch perfect movies, those types of groups. And what I had started to notice just through dabbling on Facebook and being in some discussion forums in that world, because I still followed it, was that there were people out there that were making a living as acapella recording engineers, producers. And I was like, okay, well, I could figure out how to do this. I have a degree in choral music. I've been in these groups. I could figure this out. I know how to record. And I started chatting with those people, mentored by them, and learned how to do it and started building a recording business at home, recording these groups. I'd bring them to my house. I would travel to them and built a sort of a break-even business where we were covering our expenses. I could pay for stuff with the family. And then also I could be available to help out with appointments. And then when my daughter went to school and things like that. So it started that way. But I realized after a handful of years that musicians are really hard to build a business around. <laughs> their, their projects go a long time. The budgets are sketchy sometimes. Sometimes people disappear. They don't pay. They don't pay quickly. It's hard to build a business. So I started to think about how can I diversify my business? And I realized I could go into video production, but that would be a new skill to learn. And I didn't want to do that. I listened to podcasts though. I realized I'm like, Hey, I'm listening to these podcasts. I like them. I'm learning things from them. And I'm noticing that several of them don't sound that great. So I reached out to those people and I was like, Hey, could I help you? I'm a recording engineer. I listen to your podcast. I love it. Could I help you sound better? Could I help you with your show as a way to just figure out, Hey, what is going on in this podcasting world? And I knew several podcasters as well who gave me some tips and like, hey, this is what's going on. This is how many people are listening to me. This is how much money I'm making from my podcast, things like that. And they introduced me to some conferences that I could go to. And I met some people there. And really quickly, I started this little fledgling podcast editing business where I was getting paid peanuts or free at first to help people with their podcast. And then it went to, hey, could you do this for me too? Or, hey, my friend needs help with podcast editing. And then the reputation built that I actually knew what I was doing. I could make their podcast sound better than if they hired someone off the internet that claimed to be a podcast editor who had just taught themselves Adobe Audition or something like that. And it grew into a business and then it grew more and I had to add a team. And then I realized that like, wow, if I'm going to edit podcasts, I probably should have a podcast. 
So people like <laughs> trust me that I know what I'm doing. So that's how my podcast started was I just needed to prove to people that, hey, look, I can do a podcast. You can trust me to edit your podcast. Listen to how mine sounds. And from there, it's just grown. It's grown to the point where now I have eight, nine team members on my team. You know, I have ops people, I have marketing people, I have editors. I'm really at the point where I'm just working on helping new clients launch their shows and deal with the marketing of the business with the help of some of our colleagues. So it's really gotten to that point where podcasting for me is a love. I do it because, and I help podcasters because I believe it's the one place where in our media today, we have nuanced conversations. We can let people see what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes really for a while. And to me, it's the one form of media that is really quickly changing the world by letting people hear those stories and share those experiences. Yeah, I 100% agree. I really love that. I mean, I think today we're only seeing more products come on the market that are helping people become podcasters. Technology is kind of catching up and helping <laughs> our devices are helping us capture better you know, sound, better video. And it's really empowering people that may not have had the skills to start a publishing company or to start a media company and to be able to do that from their own home, just like you were able to build a business and career from your own home. So it's more approachable than ever. But knowing firsthand, having started a podcast just under a year ago, just because it's more approachable to get started, it is not easy to grow a podcast to sustain the energy and work that goes into creating a podcast, not to scare anyone. It is just, it's a big commitment, right? It and is. And I yeah. think you've probably, I, this embedded approach that you took, this kind of audience first approach that you've taken yourself to build your business. You went to conferences, talking to podcasters, what are you struggling with? What are the most difficult parts about your podcast? Kind of learning from these communities and then firsthand yourself starting a podcast saying, I'm a podcaster myself. I understand you've been able to build trust in that area. Tell us, I mean, knowing that it's a big commitment and it's a lot of work up, you know, both up front and kind of just the endurance it takes, you know, that muscle that you're building every single week or every month to record and publish. Tell us why should people start a podcast knowing that it, it's a big commitment and, and some work? It is a big commitment and it is work. I talk about the three T's that are the hurdles most new podcasters face. It's time, tech, and too many ideas. It does take time yeah. to do this. It takes time to think about what you want to do. It takes time to record what you want to do. It takes time to learn the equipment. It takes time to edit it. And there are ways to deal with that. The tech is something that I talk about tech as being a hurdle for some people, but like you mentioned, tech is actually making it easier now. And I'm not talking about services like Anchor where you can just turn on your phone and record a podcast. If you want to record a good podcast, it's easier to just buy a microphone that plugs in straight into your computer with USB and you can record on QuickTime, you can record on Zoom, whatever, and you can publish it really easy. The tech is actually making it easier for a lot of people. Tools like Descript, where you can record in it, you see the transcript show up, you can edit the transcript and it edits the audio and then you can mix it in the script and they have great tutorials and you can go from there. And then some people just have too many ideas. They don't know what they want to talk about. They jump all over the place. And 
too many ideas is actually a good segue to what you asked about, which is why should people consider it? Is that there are audiences out there who want to listen to people and the effect that we see with a podcast, and I'm sure you've seen it with your listeners, is that once people listen to you for a few hours and they hear you talk about something, they're listening when they're working out, they're listening when they're walking the dog, when they're making dinner, when they're driving to work, when they're riding their bike, whatever, they are developing a relationship with you. Because for the average podcast listener who's subscribing to six shows and they listen to an hour to an hour and a half of audio content a day, they're spending a lot of time with the podcaster. Your episodes are 20 to 40, 50 minutes. Most podcast listeners, actually 93% listen to more than half or all of every episode. So that 20 minutes or the 30 minutes, they're spending at least 15 minutes with you. I have some podcast clients and friends who, when we look at their stats, they're seeing an average consumption rate of 100% or more where all of their listeners are listening to all of their episode or they're listening to it twice. Like they're going back and wow. listening to it again. Wow. Yeah, And that builds into the point where some of your podcast listeners might be spending more time listening to you than they're listening to friends or listening to partners even. Yeah. Think about if you're a couple and you've got kids and you may really get to talk to each other for an hour, hour and a half a week. There's some podcasts that people listen to that are that long. So really quickly, you build this deep relationship with your listeners. They think of you as a friend. They trust you as an authority. They see you as an expert in whatever you're talking about. And that's the why. That's why anyone, if you own a business, if you have a movement, anything you want to get out in the world, if you want to talk about the final series of The Walking Dead or something like that, <laughs> Anything like that works well with a podcast because you can have these conversations. You can talk to people. You can talk to your audience. They become your friends. They think of you as a friend. They trust you. And then whatever you want to accomplish, whatever goal you have with that podcast is easy to accomplish because of that connection. Some of the things that I hear people say in terms of, well, you shouldn't podcast. They talk about the size of the audience and things like that. What they don't realize is all that stuff I just talked about is that, you know, you might see if you started a YouTube channel, you'll get hundreds of subscribers right away. You can see it. You get thousands of views if you do a great video and you SEO the title, right? And you use YouTube's ecosystem to create a, a great channel. But what they don't realize when they say, well, the podcast audience, oh, I'm only getting 50 downloads per episode, or I've only got 70 subscribers, or it looks like I only have 70 subscribers. I've done six months of this or a year of this, and I've still only got a hundred downloads per week. The average podcast gets about a hundred and I think 25 downloads per episode right now after three weeks. What they don't think about is that 93% of people are listening to more than half or all of your podcasts. That's a lot longer than they're watching videos. That's a lot longer than they're reading blogs. And so those 100 people, those 150 people that are downloading your show each week and listening like that, that's way more powerful than the 5% or 10% of your YouTube subscribers that are spending that much time watching your videos. It equals out. Like you actually have more people with podcasts and because you can reach them anywhere, you can reach them in your car, you can reach them on their bike, you can reach them when they're working out, you can reach them at home that carries over and you develop a much deeper connection. Podcasting is like, to me, it's just like this really surprising 
medium where because I remember having like my original like iPod Nano or something that had this podcast (laughs) feature on it. I just think back to then and then almost have this idea that, oh, podcast has been around forever. Everyone knows about podcasts. People have just really discovered podcasting over those past, you know, five, 10 years. And it's just really growing and blowing up. Just a couple of years ago, it got over 50% of Americans. Like not until a couple of years ago, I had more than half of Americans listen to a podcast. So it's still got, I mean, every year, 2% to 5% growth in terms of the number of Americans. And now because of platforms like Spotify and Google podcasts, having podcasts on Android devices, the rest of the world is now getting into podcasts and listening to podcasts more. I think in the UK, it's now finally over 50% of citizens or people in the UK have listened to a podcast, but like in Europe, it's still 25%, 30% of people. Asia, it's only like 10%. And like Indonesia, which is one of the most populous countries in the world, India, they're like five or 10% and they have billions of people. So it has a long way to go. It has a long way to go and lots of room to grow. Yeah. And it's really interesting because you hear people say like, go, you know, you have to go where your people are. And with the numbers that you just shared, they're likely listening to podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess to continue, I mean, I know probably about a year ago or two years ago, I was thinking about a podcast. It's kind of in the back of my brain. I am of the nature where I usually think about something so much until I convince myself not to do it. <laughs> I think about all the reasons. It's so hard. It's so much work. My time is better used in different ways, right? There's likely people who are listening today who have thought about maybe starting podcasts for maybe a while now. So let's say we're that person. What are some things that they should be thinking about considering if they're actually going to maybe take the leap and go out and like start that podcast. Yeah, this is why I like podcasting so much. It's relatively easy to get started. I tell people, and I stole this phrase from another podcast community member, industry expert, Chris Kermitsos. He wrote a book called Start Ugly. It's basically the idea that, you know, minimum viable product, right? Done is better than perfect. Just get something out there. And why I like that concept for podcasting is that it's easy to start. It's easy to get the equipment, plug it in, get going, record it, publish it and things like that. But it's also this long form media. It's this long form content where you can work out ideas. You can ask your audience questions. You can ask them to respond to you give you feedback, give you ideas, and then you can grow from there and you can actually figure out what it is you're actually going to talk about. You can figure out where the podcast is going to go while you're podcasting. You can have an idea, but I all the time have podcasters that after 10, 15 episodes will take a slight pivot to something that they see their audience talking about more or needing. And that's why I like it because it's not video production. You don't have to have the wonderful cameras and great audio and get it all right in a perfect take or have to edit the video up and all this sort of stuff. It's really easy to edit. Podcasting is a lot easier to edit and do things like that. Or you can just go because people are used to listening to a conversation now. It uses tools like Zoom 
which we all know how to use now after the last two years, it's just a really great way to figure out what you want to do, what you want to talk about. If you're a personal brand or if you're a for-profit business that has a concept of doing something and creating some type of content, the podcast is a great place to start. It's a great place to figure that out and then go from there. The other reason that I tell people, like if you're thinking about it to just get going, we with our clients use a repurposing strategy with the podcast content that they create. Like right now we're helping a nutritionist, fitness expert, PhD, who wants to help more people than they can help in their office that they work in. They work with some other doctors and she sees 20, 25 patients a week something like that. But she wants to help more people because she's tired of all these influencers on Instagram with their perfect bodies talking about how to lose weight or how to do this or you know explaining macros wrong and things like that. So she got the idea of a podcast and we are having her record her podcast while also recording video, okay? It's even better like if you can record your podcast live, just broadcast to Facebook or broadcast to YouTube or LinkedIn if you have that. And then you've got live broadcasts, but then you've got an audio recording and a video recording. You can edit a video out of the long podcast and create a 10 minute YouTube video that has some of the highlights or something like that. You can then edit the audio into the podcast. You can pull video clips from the video and create reels for Instagram or TikTok or whatever. You can pull quotes, you can transcribe it and have a content writer write a blog post from it. You can create social media posts from it. Like all those sorts of things can come from this one piece of content. And so like with my business, Emerald City Productions, a lot of our clients, all they're doing is recording the podcast and then they pay a monthly fee to get everything else created from the podcast recording. So the idea of the repurposing the long form content and then the long form content being a way for you to figure out where your content's going and create this body of work of content that people can look at and say, wow, you're impressive. Like you've got 50 podcast episodes. That's hundreds of hours of content that you've created. You really must be an expert in this, or you really must know what you're doing, or you really must care about this cause. That's why I see it being this wonderful thing where you can't sit around. You just got to get going because it's like I was someone, I was talking with them about shipping some product. And they were holding off on shipping a product to me because right now shipping is slow and the supply chains are slowing things down. I said, well, okay, if you wait two weeks and then ship it, yeah, it might get to me faster, like twice as fast. But if you ship it now, it might be to me in two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, The logic doesn't make any sense. That's why if you're thinking about a podcast, you just got to go just do it. Like you were saying earlier, before we started, you just got to start because you're missing out on talking to an audience. You're missing out on figuring out who that audience is. You're missing out on figuring out, Hey, does my idea even work? Like if you have an idea for a product, if you have an idea for a customer experience thing that you want to do for your business or your customers, you're not going to know if it works unless you have a group of customers to talk to. You could, your podcast is a focus group. Like Really, there's many, many reasons for just getting going. 
Yeah, I love that. Uh, podcasting is a focus group. I'm definitely a verbal processor, so I really understand what I think, what I believe. Sometimes I surprise myself just by talking to a, yeah. a podcast guest, for example. And so there is like this discovery exploration piece where this commitment to a weekly episode or a biweekly episode or something just gets this wheel going where you're just continuously working through ideas and things. And I think it's really valuable. There's a few things I've heard you share about these other benefits of podcasting, because I know a lot of people from a business perspective probably go in and say, hey, this is a way for me to generate leads or customers. And podcasting does do that, right? Like it can bring in results for your business and it likely does. But even if you didn't, right? There are all these other benefits to podcasting. I know um, the if I was to quote Danny Osmond, that podcasting is networking on a grand scale. I think I've referral heard marketing, yeah, or referral marketing, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about some of these other benefits of podcasting beyond just maybe generating more revenue that leads to your business. Yeah, in terms of generating leads, it really comes down to that referral marketing on a grand scale thing. That, like I mentioned earlier, when you're creating all these friends in your audience, these listeners that think of you as a friend that trust you, you can recommend things. You can guide them in certain ways. You can be their guide. And that generates leads on its own. I have seen, in fact, I think we probably have a third of our clients right now that we help monthly with podcast production. Probably half of the people that are in my membership site that have taken my courses and things like that they are people that either heard my podcast, heard me talking about stuff and podcasting and business stuff on my podcast, or heard me interviewed on another person's podcast that they trusted. So yeah, it generates leads. That's why I have a bunch of law firms as clients. That's why Salesforce, well, no, I'll use Salesforce as another example, actually. Lots of small businesses, lots of coaches, lots of consultants are with us as clients to have a podcast that gets them leads. But the podcast, the other benefit that I've seen for a lot of businesses, and I mentioned Salesforce. Salesforce, we have, we've helped two of their divisions create podcasts, a third considering a podcast. And they're evangelists. So they're people that are basically hired to make people that use Salesforce feel better about using Salesforce learning more about using Salesforce, growing, getting involved in the education side of things and programs like that. So the Salesforce developer podcast is one of our clients. And that is simply a podcast that is being used to create a better customer experience for that business's users, to make them more confident, to show them what other people are doing with it, to show them ways that they can grow and learn. It really is a podcast that is about being a Salesforce developer that is sponsored by Salesforce. And we call that type of thing. It's a branded podcast. Dell did a podcast called The Dell Show that was all about technology and advancements and things like that. It rarely was it about Dell technology. It was just sponsored by Dell. And the people that created it were, you know, making sure that there was mention of Dell occasionally. So we see stuff like that. We we see businesses creating podcasts to give their customers, give their clients a better experience, knowledge-based learning. And I can see too, you know, I know like the purpose of your podcast and, and some of the for-profit businesses you talk about and their missions in the world, 
a podcast is a wonderful way to make people more aware of some of the stories that are happening based on your program in your business that is to help people and, and to make the world a better place and to help with this cause or that cause. It's a great way to feature those types of things that don't get featured a lot. You can do video as well, but like you can have real conversations with people on a podcast. You can get into the details of what you're working in and give people that backstory that they really love. That's why you'll often see with now, it used to be that fans would do these podcasts and they still do the podcast, but like every show that Netflix does, Netflix creates a podcast with it so that you can hear the, what are the actors talking about? What are the directors talking about? What are the writers talking about? What were some of the stories from behind the scenes? And sometimes they'll do series. Like I watched the HBO miniseries about Chernobyl several years back and they had a six part podcast around it that went deeper into the stories of the characters and who was real and who wasn't and who was a combination of characters and what they did and the research that they did. People love that. So any of those reasons are great reason to have a podcast and and things you can do with a podcast that aren't the standard. I'm doing this to grow my business and I'm doing this to generate leads for my business. I'm doing this so I don't have to travel around the country and speak as much because I've got an audience here of 200 people a week or 50 people a week. Like, think about it. A lot of the breakout sessions you've done at conferences, you're lucky to get 50 people. And if you could talk to 50 people each week on your podcast, that's amazing. That's found money for a lot of people. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. One of the things that you just mentioned that I find really interesting is like this piece that of having a podcast is also giving you like a platform to invite people to because there are all these different kinds of shows, right? But a lot of the ones that tend to be for a business context are usually interview driven. You know, some of these other formats are really interesting. But I know personally, I've been able to be able to network in a way, especially during COVID, right? These past couple of years where we haven't been going to conferences, trade shows, events, uh, workshops, even right. You know, networking, you can simply network by inviting someone to have a conversation with you on your podcast. Yeah. People feel like celebrities when someone asks them to come on a podcast. They're like, wait, really? Okay. I've seen consultants grow their business with a podcast just by reaching out to corporations they want to work with and finding someone in that corporation that will come on their podcast so that they can talk about some of the wonderful things that that corporation has done and to create a relationship that way, just to get that foot in the door. Of, hey, come on my podcast. We feature so-and-sos to talk about so-and-so and they start the relationship that way. And then a year later, they have a client because they planted those seeds. Yeah. So there's a big, yeah, there's a big relationship building piece that I think is really interesting in, in podcasting. And especially a lot of people in, in this audience, you know, are working in the social impact space and have shared values um, where they can bring on other people and talk about the things they care about. Specifically, I think there's uh, there's a lot of people that are doing good work in the world and they might be going through doing that through a nonprofit. They might be doing that through you know an NGO. They might be doing that through their own for-profit business and generating good through that. Uh, but podcasting creates this opportunity to kind of create this cross industry almost dialogue and you can get, and get really good conversations growing. So I, I really hope some people listening today would consider maybe starting a podcast. I know it's been really beneficial 
for me and in my own business. Um, I know it's obviously, you know, it's been very beneficial to you and even, you know, your clients come from listening and learning how to start a podcast. Yeah. I don't want it to be all sunshine and roses though. Yeah. Like I want to, I really want to be real with people. Podcasting, you know, we started out, it, it does take work. And that's why I want to say up front to people that are considering it, you have to stick with it. It will feel like no one is listening for the first month or two. And, and probably it'll be six months before you start feeling really good about your, your rhythm with it, the, the people that are responding to you. And you're really not going to see probably positive benefit. Some people it happens before, but mm-hmm. it's usually about a year before you really start to see that ball rolling and the momentum. So that's why I say like, use this as a tool to do other things while you're growing your podcast, like use it as a way to create more content, use it as a way to like hire a VA and take the podcast and create more content with the podcast, have some support. Like if you're a company that's considering doing this, put more than one person on it, make room to potentially hire a production company like mine to help you not make mistakes from the beginning so that you can accelerate the process but you have to be ready to stick with it. This is the type of thing where over a year or two, you can really build up an audience that really trusts you, that follows everything that you do, that participates in discussions that you want to have, but you have to get to that point. It's not one of these things where, you know, you can jump on Instagram and immediately have 5,000 followers or something like that, or you can pay somebody to game an algorithm podcasting doesn't work that way. These are real people that have to download your file and listen to it. And it's really old school, but it's really powerful. <laughs> it's that's so good. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because I think a lot about our culture and even like the kind of culture and state of marketing in some ways, like always wants these really quick wins. I want to want to do something and see the ROI immediately. And yeah, it's a long-term investment. Podcasting is long-term. Yeah. It's like a blog. It's like a YouTube channel. You got to go all in for, or most of the way in for six months to a year to really make it work. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really good. I think of it almost like working out in the sense that you really need to build, build up this consistent muscle of working, you know, improving your communication skills, improving as an interviewer, improving your preparation, all these things, but you really do see the, the gains after doing it in the long term. So this is, it's really good. Before we kind of wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share with us today? Well, sure. I mean, like if people are considering doing this, Emerald City Productions is my company. And, you know, like right now we have six or seven clients. We have a nutritionist, we have a law firm, we have some coaches, we like all different types of people launching shows. And that's kind of what we do is we help people done for you soup to nuts start their show set it up for success and then help them manage it ongoing and you can find out more at emeraldcitypro.com but if you're someone who you know may not have that budget to invest in getting extra help i do have a free option if you go to dannyosmond.com roadmap that is a simple checklist of 20 plus items that you need to do and they are in the right order for when you need to do them to get your podcast going and get you started. Uh, So those are two of the ways that we can help people 
get started if they're considering a podcast? I really uh, appreciate you being the podcast. I definitely, just like Danny said, like go check out his free resource. Um, I personally benefited from Danny's resources, programs that he's run. Um, I know, you know, probably a dozen or more people have uh, worked with you in some fashion over the years. So I highly, highly re recommend um, working with Danny. But again, thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you being generous with everything you shared today. Yeah, thank you, Sean. I had a great time. All right, great conversation with Danny. He's just really a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all things podcasting. Like I said, he helped me get this very show started, helped me get my ideas formulated and connected me with other people that were starting podcasts at the same time. And really that sense of accountability is what actually got this show off the ground for me, or else I probably would have thought about it for a long time, had too many ideas, like Danny said, and, and never gotten started. If you liked what Danny talked about today, if you connected with some of the things that he was sharing about, then definitely I encourage you to go ahead, look in the show notes, go to Danny's website. He has a ton of great resources around podcasting. For example, this roadmap that he spoke about right at the end here. And I would encourage you to jump in, take a look, see if starting a podcast is a right fit for you. And then if it is, then Danny has a suite of resources and services and a lot of really great content to get your podcast started, but really to grow it and to sustain it over the long haul. So thanks for listening to the podcast. If you liked what you listened to today, I encourage you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and let me know what you think of the show. Let me know how you found out about the podcast and some of the things that you've liked. And that would really help me as we look forward to this next year and what episodes, what guests we're bringing on, what kind of conversations and topics we're talking about. That is really one of the best ways for me to grow the show. And you're welcome to reach out on social media. I'm very active on Twitter. So twitter.com slash Sean Pritzkow or on Instagram as well. Same name and i'd love to hear from you and what you do and talk to you a little bit offline so thanks again for listening and i'll see you next week